following program is a peer-to-peer -peer advice show and does not diagnose mental health conditions. If you're seeking social services, please call or text 211 or go to 211.ca. Hello, listeners around the world on radio, streaming, and podcast services. This is It's Not Therapy. I'm Leanna Kersner, and I am not a therapist, but I am your source for navigating the madness of mental health using my top 10 sayings for checking in with your best self. This week, we're talking gratitude when it's healthy and when it's the opposite of healthy. Gratitude is a concept that gets a lot of lip service, but it's poorly understood. Healthy gratitude is connected to my top 10 phrase, healthy goals are based on things you can't control. Unhealthy gratitude is countered by the top 10 phrase, ignoring negatives isn't being positive. Can you tell I've struggled with this concept? Yeah, I grew up being called ungrateful. You may have noticed if you've been following the Jonathan Majors trial and conviction, the use of grateful in his statement issued through his lawyers after he was found guilty of two of the four charges he stood accused of, third degree reckless assault and second degree harassment. The first charge is the more serious one as a class A misdemeanor, and he was acquitted on the charge that indicated he intended to harm his then-girlfriend, but there was still a media firestorm, and he got dropped from his role in the Marvel Cinematic Universe as Kang the Conqueror. The statement he issued read, It is clear that the jury did not believe Grace Jabari, that's his ex, story of what happened in the SUV because they found that Mr. Majors did not intentionally cause any injuries to her. We are grateful for that. We are disappointed, however, that despite not believing Ms. Javari, the jury nevertheless found that Mr. Majors was somehow reckless while she was attacking him. Mr. Majors is grateful to God, his family, his friends, and his fans for their love and support during these harrowing eight months. Mr. Majors still has faith in the process and looks forward to fully clearing his name. Did you notice grateful came up twice? Disappointed got dropped once. A t probably a team of 10 people billing $200 an hour on average came up with that statement, right? That was designed. And it was balanced that way for a reason. It was definitely meticulously calculated. But is it going to work with its intended audience? We'll see. It's difficult to message when half your target audience thinks a grave injustice has been done and the other half thinks you're an abusive partner and therefore a terrible person. But from a mental health perspective, I really do hope it's sincere because being grateful for the things that go right while still allowing yourself to feel disappointed in the things that didn't go your way is really good. Again, is it sincere? Who knows? Some of you might be thinking, fairly, how the heck can someone feel grateful when he's just been convicted of assault and dropped from the biggest role of his life? Yeah, that's why I asked, is it sincere? The next question, next pertinent question is, is it healthy? Gratitude in the face of adversity is extremely helpful in dealing with unfairness. If you missed last week's show, go back and listen to the podcast version. But 
feeling like you must be grateful no matter what defeats the purpose of gratitude. Gratitude only works when it's freely given, not when it's demanded. Instilling gratitude is a balancing act between allowing people to express their feelings while also setting limits and structure. If a kid gets everything they want, they're not going to learn to be grateful as an adult. But if parents are too strict, that gets in the way of modeling gratefulness as well. It's a tightrope. Let me give you an example. Okay. Think back to times in your childhood when someone said, you're so ungrateful. Did you ever just go, you're right, I need to be more grateful? Or did you feel guilt, shame, resentment, a sense of unfairness, a sense of frustration? Now, think about the times where someone showed you kindness if you were down. They can be few and far between and, you know, hard to isolate. But try. Those times where you... We're not at your best and someone cut you a break. You're profoundly gratitude for those moments, aren't you? If you're not, why? Why are you taking people for granted? That's the thing. When, when people expect gratefulness, it could be a sign that they're taking people in their life for granted. It's not a guarantee, but it's possible. And one way or another... Gratitude can't be forced. Think about it. If if you think a person is selfish, truly selfish, is telling them they're selfish going to change that? Probably not. They're a selfish person. And if someone's ungrateful, saying, you're so ungrateful, what does that do? Is that reasonably likely to make them feel more grateful? No. It's more likely to make them think, wow, what a jerk, especially if you're wrong. That's the thing. If you're right, the person's not going to care. Why are you wasting your breath? If someone is selfish and ungrateful, telling them that is not going to change them. If someone is not selfish and ungrateful and you call them what are both of those things, You've just falsely accused them. And they're not going to remember that moment kindly. Makes sense, right? And yet, why do people do this? Why is this behavior so common? Well, it's effective in controlling people in the short term. There's this idea, this principle of persuasion that is consistency. People, if they want to be seen as a selfless, grateful person, when someone tells them they're selfish or ungrateful, they they become reactive and a part of our brain goes, I'm going to prove them wrong. I'm going to be super, super selfish and su- selfless and super, super grateful and, and, and prove them wrong. And the thing is, you really can't. People who are going to think negative things about you are going to think negative things about you no matter what. And People who actually do think you're a good person are going to give you the benefit of the doubt and tell you when something's not working for them. And this is a very, very important thing to remember in life forever, always. When people do that, you're so selfish or you're ungrateful, 
It is usually some sort of overwhelming negative emotion in them that they can't handle. They're speaking out of shame. They're speaking out of guilt. They can't really communicate what they are truly feeling in that moment. And they're displacing and projecting those negative feelings onto you. And ironically, that's really selfish. And that's not expressing gratitude that you're in their life. And that's the catch-22 of this situation. Calling someone selfish. Calling someone ungrateful. There's a high probability that is a selfish or ungrateful act. Because if you think the person you're speaking to is a good person, well, maybe they're being selfish for a reason. Maybe they seem ungrateful for a reason. Are they your underling? Are they your slave? Do they report to you? Are you their boss? Well, then what exactly are they required to be grateful for? It's this knee-jerk thing that gets passed down in families. I, I mean, I was assigned female at birth, so for me, it tends to, well, no, my father did it to me too. But, you know, I many of the people I hear from, they get it more from their moms because mom is overwhelmed and mom doesn't know how to ask for help because of that mom trap of mom is supposed to know everything and mom is supposed to have this amazing feminine knowledge that no, no, none of us have. We're all just doing our best. We're all muddling through. And so when mom feels overwhelmed, she wasn't taught to ask for help. It's just you're ungrateful. When dad feels embarrassed or like he doesn't have the answer and he thinks he should, it's just you're ungrateful for what I've given you. The reality of kids, especially the reality of teenagers, is it's our job, our collective job as adults to provide a safe environment for kids and teens. If we're doing our jobs right, they're not going to be grateful until years later, until they have the life experience to recognize the sacrifice we put into providing that safe environment for them to experiment and grow and thrive. Now, that doesn't mean that we shouldn't correct children and adolescents when they're, they're behaving poorly. Absolutely, we should. That's guidance. That ments- that's mentorship. But being specific about the issue with what they're doing is far more effective than just going, you're selfish or you're ungrateful. If you can't find the words why, if you aren't absolutely sure, and even if you are, consider not saying it because it's emotional reactance. It's people's brains going, you're not my parent, even when you are their parent. They're not going to appreciate being told they're ungrateful. Focus on how you feel. Focus on more on that in a bit. You know what? Let, let's take a break. I'm a big believer in practicing gratefulness in moderation. This episode is going to be about going through how I balance it as a starting point for those of you listening out there to to find the balance 
for what's right for you, both in communications with others and receiving communications from others. If you have questions, comments, or concerns, you can email me, Leanna, at itsnottherapy.com or just go right to nottherapy.com. I messed up the email there, nottherapy.com, Leanna at nottherapy.com. If you go to the website, join our mailing list or nottherapyshow at nottherapyshow on X, formerly Twitter, Instagram, and threads. We're going to get into the good and bad of gratefulness after the break. I'm not going to go long on this first segment for a change. Back after the break on It's Not Therapy, talking gratefulness. The following program is a peer-to-peer advice show and does not diagnose mental health conditions. If you're seeking social services, please call or text 211 or go to 211.ca. We're back on It's a Therapy. I'm still Lena Kirsner. I'm still not a therapist and we're still talking gratefulness when it's enough, when it's too much. Before the break, I promised to talk about how I determined when gratefulness is helping me personally versus when it's making me stupid. So here we go. Gratefulness is the art of being thankful for what you have as a way to avoid becoming bitter for the things you don't have without killing your motivation to set goals and seek out achievements. When people are cruel to me, when they lie about me and spread false rumors, I focus on the people in my life who still trust me and support me despite all of that and... I'm grateful to those positive people because I know from talking to people that many people don't have anyone like that in their lives. I was on a stream on Monday talking about Jonathan Majors when a verdict came in. A stream is a thing on the internet, radio listeners. And in the anger and disappointment over the verdict, some people decided to get mad at me, you know, the white lady on the panel, because I said some things they didn't like about next steps. At what did I say, for the record? In my opinion, fighting this verdict in court may not help him. He wasn't found guilty of intentionally harming anyone. And it'll take less time and money to accept whatever punishment he's given at sentence, you know, hoping for no jail time than it will to appeal with the risk of losing again. And that's not me saying that this is fair. This is me speaking from personal experience regarding having a stalker who likes to claim I harm people. Fighting her directly does no good. The people who want to believe her are going to believe her. The people with more of an open mind look at her and think she's bad crazy. But I know firsthand that you never quite get out from under the accusations of someone hell-bent on revenge. And that is Jonathan Major's defense's theory of the case. Again, I have no direct knowledge of what happened in the Jonathan Major's case. I'm just giving him maximum benefit of the doubt. Remember, this is just reflecting my relationship with gratitude here. I reiterate, I think the best thing for Jonathan Majors as a person and perhaps as a brand is to do whatever he can to put this behind him. You know, the the courts are going to do what the courts are going to do. He needs to spend some time healing and dealing with the, you know, unfairness from his point of view. And then he needs to get back at what he's to what he's great at acting. 
hopefully with a greater focus on enjoying the work and less of a, in his words, plan to be a great man. I think he can do it. He has the talent. And that's not just because I'm a Marvel fan. The thing is, you know, I had to learn this myself. He has to come back to the table with a greater sense of gratitude and outward humility. I think from a a PR perspective, not a legal one, he should honestly and sincerely admit that he's made some mistakes. Like, for instance, trusting the wrong people and not trusting his gut. And on a personal level, he might want to learn to set better boundaries regarding his personal and workspaces. This all involves seeking justice in the court of public opinion instead of the criminal legal system that's not designed to be fair to, I'll go ahead and say it, black men, no matter how rich or famous they are. Now, people got angry at me for that opinion, and they targeted my race, or, you know, one could say a perceived lack of one. And I told them that's okay. No, I accept that they're angry, and if they want to use me as a target for that anger, go ahead and let it out, because I don't know these people, and there's no point in trying to persuade people who want to treat me as a convenient villain, and I truly believe in a couple of years, most people will have a very different view of this case than they do now, if they remember it at all news moves fast these days. That's not me being callous. That's me speaking from experience of being accused of some pretty heinous stuff in the past that, you know, most people barely remember. I'm grateful to have the opportunity to share that experience. And I'm grateful that I have the resiliency, that day at least, to weather those comments for, you know, everybody's greater benefit and healing. I'm proud that I made the right choices, in my opinion, and I was gracious to foster whatever healing I could. It was uncomfortable, but it wasn't that big a deal. It made the stream host some money, and and that was good. That's what it's about at the end of the day, right? Deciding when to fight back and when to let it go is more art than science, but it's also based on life experience. If you know people who have had a setback and bounced back, or if you've done it before yourself in the past, well, it's a lot easier to be chill about another bump in the road. The truth is that fame and achievements don't make you happy. Having people around you who are supportive that can remind you of your good qualities instead of just picking on your bad ones, that's more likely to bring happiness than achievements or fame or popularity, or financial success. Now, those people who can remind you of your good qualities instead of just picking on the bad ones, those people are rare. So I'm grateful to know some, I would say even more than my fair share. And that gratitude informs me doing fairly little things for others, sponsoring events, organizing gift exchanges, and being there for people where I can be. I need to take better care of my physical health come the new year, but one thing at a time. Having to scrape myself off the ground multiple times has made me grateful for the people who stood by me or who became my friend when I was a has-been, right, in the TV industry. 
And every time someone is absolutely awful to me these days, I'm grateful that I have a critical mass of people who don't believe their lies. Because there was a time that I didn't have that. And yeah, I put in the work. But effort doesn't always lead to results, at least not at first. And you'll notice I'm not ignoring the negatives in these things I'm talking about. I'm just choosing not to focus on the negatives for long. You can think of gratitude as an acknowledgement of the good things that come your way that you can't control. The outcomes that are not guaranteed that work out. It's very important to separate that from the goals that you set and meet that you can control. You can take credit for the goals that you can control. Gratitude and healthy goal setting work together to produce that elusive state we call happiness. It trains us to focus on the good things in the world without ignoring all the bad. But again, gratitude is freely given. It can't be coerced. And yet so many of us come up in environments where gratitude is demanded of us. And I'm going to look at why that's wrong after the break. If you want to get in contact me, Leanna at NotTherapyShow.com, L-I-A-N is in Nancy, A at NotTherapyShow.com or NotTherapyShow.com, just direct website. You can join our mailing list, NotTherapyShow at NotTherapyShow on X, that's formerly Twitter, Instagram, and threads. We'll be back in a bit talking gratitude when you grew up having it demanded of you after the break. The following program is a peer-to-peer advice show and does not diagnose mental health conditions. If you're seeking social services, please call or text 211 or go to 211.ca. We're back on It's Not Therapy. I'm still Leanna Kersner. I'm still not a therapist. We're still talking gratitude. Now, before the break, I made the distinction of being proud of my accomplishments while still being grateful for the kindness and support of others. Again, I'm proud of the things I do that I can control. Set goal, meet goal. I can control that. I'm grateful for the good things that come to me that I can't control, the kindness of other people, a good outcome. Um, I don't ignore, despite all of that, when something is legitimately bad. Gratitude can't be forced. It, It can't be. Not legitimate gratitude. You can't make yourself feel grateful. And the more you try, the more resentment you're gonna feel connecting to legitimate gratitude is not the same as trying to force it. Being grateful for the good days means acknowledging the ones that aren't great too. There needs to be that give and take, that comparison for the whole system to work. And yet so many of us come from families that demanded gratitude. Or even if they didn't quite demand it, they shamed us for not being grateful, which really is the same thing. I mean, think about it. When is being told we're ungrateful ever made us actually feel more grateful? Never. Quite the opposite. 
But this is normalized behavior. And it erodes boundaries. These kinds of demands for gratitude can erode self-esteem and even damage self-concept. True gratitude doesn't invalidate your feelings. When it hits that point of invalidating your feelings, it's not gratitude. It's gaslighting by yourself or another. There's a difference between comments that sometimes sting because there's a ring of truth in them and people who don't seem to care that your feelings are hurt because they're trying to improve or fix you. People are not machines. You cannot fix them. You can support them. You cannot fix them. And if you hear a strange rumbling in the background of this, my cat Scout has joined me. (laughs) Welcome to modern radio and podcasting. Right, Scouty? Right. Yeah, good boy. All right. I'm grateful for you, Scouty. Yes, even though you bit me over the weekend. Respecting your own feelings and boundaries makes it easier to respect the feelings and boundaries of others. But God, that's hard in families that demand gratitude, isn't it? Some people even call this toxic gratitude, but I don't go there because this behavior, it's not gratitude at all. It's all the bad kinds of people-pleasing, inauthenticity, manipulation, and resentment. It's an attempt to control. And these things, especially resentment, that's the opposite of gratitude. Now, this isn't permission to just go around being rude. Nope, that's going from one extreme of invalidating feelings to another. This is an invitation to see things completely. The good and the bad. Remember, ignoring negatives isn't being positive. And this is a very important exercise if you were raised in a home that never let you forget the slightest mistake. So how do you begin? Well, you have to give yourself permission to be a bit ungrateful. If you spend your life just fulfilling obligations, you're not really living. You're certainly not living a fulfilling life. This is when people tend to say to me, but what if I become selfish? You don't have to worry about that too much if you're keeping in mind that everyone's feelings are valid. Everyone's feelings are valid. And after I say that, the next comment I usually get is, but my family never talks about feelings. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And that's usually the crux of family dynamics that involve telling people they're ungrateful and selfish. And those dynamics get passed down through generations. Instead of I feel statements that actually contain feelings, you hear things like, I feel like you are selfish. I know I've said this before, but I hate manipulated I feel statements. I legitimately hate them. I see red. It's become a common tick in some people's speech patterns that I have to put up with because I know they don't mean anything by it. But it really reduces clarity and communication. So there's this thing you can get online. It's called an emotions wheel. There are different versions, but they all work essentially the same way. It's a wheel with words for different emotions on it, hence emotions wheel. 
And the goal of using it is to follow the words, I feel, with a word on that wheel. If it's not on the wheel, or some synonym for something on the wheel, it's not a feeling. If you feel the urge to say, you're so selfish, right? Try instead saying to that person, I feel overwhelmed, or I feel ignored, or something similar. Talk about how you're feeling, not what the other person's being. Now, when you do this, expect your toxic family to respond with, you're not being ignored, or you're not overwhelmed, or why are you overwhelmed? There's even nothing to be around. Be grateful, right? Or something equally dismissive. Remember, you're doing this for yourself, not them. Because they're really not going to like part two of this process. If someone calls you ungrateful, you can set a boundary. Especially with adults talking to other adults. I mean, come on. You can say something like, I understand you feel unappreciated right now. But gratitude isn't something that can be forced, so I won't accept you calling me ungrateful. Anything I could say in response would be insincere. Then follow that with a consequence. For instance, if you call me ungrateful again, I won't do whatever thing they're trying to get you to do by calling you that, right? Now, (laughs) toxic families hate this stuff. If you've got a legitimately narcissistic family member, they may actually explode or double down. But stay firm. And if you have to, leave. Being the immovable object in these situations is the only thing that works long term. Besides, they've already called you ungrateful. What more can they call you? More names? It's all the same. It's just manipulation, resentment, and control. Okay, maybe in truly toxic families, they they can do more than that. That That is fact. You should hear the choice stuff I've been called and been threatened with lately. Yeah, fun times. But you know what I don't do? I don't spend my life doing miserable tasks just to avoid getting called ungrateful. Some people, the people that are on your team, eventually adapt. Others won't. Limit contact with the ones who won't. Because the likelihood is you're probably not really ungrateful. I mean, maybe you are a little bit on specific things. Maybe, maybe it's possible. But again, ideal conversation involves those I feel statements. You can validate someone's feelings. You don't necessarily have to validate their opinions. And you definitely don't want to be the family doormat. Even if you are ungrateful, even if you're kind of worried about that, you can't force gratitude. So trying to force yourself to be more grateful because somebody said you're ungrateful, it's just not going to work. It's just going to breed resentment. It helps if, if you're concerned or if you, you want to retrain your thinking towards more gratitude to spend just a few minutes each day thinking about what you are grateful for. For instance, I'm grateful to my clients who give me their trust and put their faith in me. 
I'm grateful for the people in my life who bother to check in on me and ask me if I'm okay when yet another person is taking a cheap petty shot at me. It's been a year that way. (laughs) I'm grateful for the donors who sponsor one-on-one sessions for people who can't afford them through an internet service called Coffee, Kofi. I'm grateful to the moderators on my Discord server. I'm grateful for my workshop facilitators. I'm grateful whenever somebody does the hard thing and works out a problem instead of taking the easy route and rage quitting. And I'm grateful for the people who reach out and tell me this show helps them. If this show helps you, reach out. Let me know. Leanna at nottherapyshow.com. At nottherapyshow.com is the... At nottherapyshow.com is the website. It's getting close to the holidays, guys. I'm burned out. Join our mailing list at Not Therapy Show on X, that's Twitter, Instagram, and threads. When we come back, I'll do more of these exercises centering in on gratitude without, very, very important, without ignoring negatives. Be back in a bit with that on It's Not Therapy. Stay tuned. The following program is a peer-to-peer advice show and does not diagnose mental health conditions. If you're seeking social services, please call or text 211 or go to 211.ca. We're back and it's the therapy. I'm still Yetta Kirstner. I'm still not a therapist. And we got a nice, healthy ending to the show this week, which is a great way of going into the holidays. Yes, I decided to pick gratefulness this week because it is the right? We're supposed to be grateful for the things we have. It is the year of plenty, but a lot of people can't stand this time of year. It's been a theme this week. Oh, it's the holidays. I'm so done. I'm so sick of it. So much rushing around. I'm so busy. I'm exhausted. I have to take the whole break between, you know, Christmas and New Year's and to, to recover. And I don't even really celebrate Christmas or really believe in Christmas. Sound like you. Yeah, right. You're not alone. Questions, comments, concerns, anything at all. You want to wish me a happy new year. Leanna at nottherapyshow.com. L-I-A-N-A at nottherapyshow.com. Nottherapyshow.com is a website. Um, join our mailing list at, uh, join our mailing list when you're on nottherapyshow.com. Wow, my brain's checking out in advance, right? Uh, or at nottherapyshow on Twitter, Instagram, threads, all that good stuff. Um, yeah. Tis the season of gratitude. Tis the season to be those, you know, da who do Oh, probably get copyright strikes singing something from the How the Grinch Stole Christmas, right? But we might all be feeling like Grinches right now. And that's fair. The number one rule of gratitude is don't force it. When you're trying to center in gratitude, again, top 10 phrase, ignoring negatives isn't being positive. Be authentic. Be honest with yourself about what's working and what isn't. And the little things that are working, the teeniest, tiniest things that are working, someone you enjoyed working with, someone you enjoyed talking to, you know, somebody noticed you somewhere that you didn't expect. Focus on that. Work towards what's working. We are trained by many parts of this culture to focus on our weaknesses. This way lies madness. Identify our weaknesses. Decide what we need to bring up to an acceptable level that, you know, isn't getting in our own way. 
but you're not going to be good at everything. Work toward what's working. Whatever you do, don't put a fake positive spin on things you're not happy with that may appease temporarily your nagging relative, but it won't help you get where you want to go. It'll increase the feelings of overwhelm. It creates what we call negative meta-emotions. Meta-emotions are those feelings you have about your feelings, the story you tell yourself about your own experience. Top 10 phrase, be the hero of your own story and not anyone else's. Your feelings happen faster than thoughts. You can't control your feelings. The stories you tell yourself about those feelings, those meta-emotions, those are somewhat within your control. And you don't get stories where you're the hero of your own story when you put a fake positive spin on stuff you're not really happy with. And that, that doesn't mean something's all bad. You don't have to judge something 100% bad, 100% good. Just don't force the positivity. That's not real positivity. That's self-gaslighting. It's bad happy math. So what do you do? Well, focus on those things that we're good. And it can be really hard. I, I'm not saying this is easy. This has been a difficult year. The news is a dumpster fire. It's really difficult to go anywhere without being assaulted by some sort of doom and gloom, death and despair that's also incredibly expensive. Every time I go to the supermarket and see the cost of eggs, I want to puke. I'm with you, right? Times are legitimately tough. It is not ungrateful to say times are tough. And you do not immediately have to find a way to make that positive. Take a moment and go, yeah, times are tough. And then start thinking, who was there for you? You know, and it, it doesn't have to be monetary. It doesn't have to be a big deal. Just who was decent when they didn't have to be? Who was understanding? What difficult situations did you get through? And remember, there's a big difference between pride and gratitude. Don't let being grateful to others rob you of that sense of achievement for the things you did well. You can balance that. You're proud of the things you did. You're grateful for things other people did, you know. Um, so, you know, that person that listened when they didn't have to, you know, that checkout person who's friendly even though they don't have to be. Margaret at the local local super center. Margaret, I am grateful to you. Who's Margaret? You have to live in my area to know Margaret, but people know Margaret when I am. I'm grateful to live in an area where we know some of the people at the local supermarket on a first name basis. I did not have that in the city, you know, when I lived in the city. Um... I'm grateful 
to the really cool things I have been able to participate in. And did I have to get up really early? And did I have to stay up really late? And were my eyes goopy the next day because I was allergic to something because I'm allergic to so many things? Yeah, sure. But I'm still grateful for the positive elements of that. Um, I'm grateful to be in a position where doing work like this is, is my job. Mental health is so precious. It actually feels beneficial. It's moving the world even a little inch in the right direction. And I am grateful to everyone who has listened, even when we get bounced around for Raptors games. And I'm grateful to the Raptors. I'm grateful that we have an NBA team in this city to preempt me, even when they're heartbreaking and even when their tendency to be a come-from-behind team takes years off my life from, oh my God, they're losing again in the fourth quarter. When I was a kid playing basketball, the idea of having a local NBA team felt, I don't know, it just felt like this thing. It felt like, um, it, you know, it, it, it was a bit more, the, the world was more accepting and understanding of me that we had an NBA team with Toronto in it. I don't know why that mattered. I was a big Chicago Bulls fan. Uh, growing up because it, it was that you know Horace Grant Scotty Pippen Michael Jordan era like yeah 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 easy basic basic being a Bulls fan back then but you know they they did those exhibition games and then to see the Raptors here and then for them to be competitive you know that that's amazing I'm I'm grateful to see that in my lifetime I'm grateful that we live in a country that is still relatively sane you know where we do have accountable government we have a government that listens to some extent or another I know I know conservatives listening out there you hate the current government but you know what we have it a lot better than a lot of other places and that matters even if you don't agree with the current government Canada is a relatively good place to live and it's important to look up things like the happiness index and the quality of life index and the social equity indexes and see how Canada it consistently ranks highly around the world as a, a backstop against the things we're not crazy about. There's we all have things we can complain about various forms of government about no matter what your political leaning. I mean, at least in Ontario, we've got divided government here. So, you know, the mayor of Toronto is former NDP. The premier's conservative. The prime minister's liberals. So There's somebody you don't like. But all that being said, our government functions, our government um, is is essentially accountable. And there's a lot of places in the world gripped by war, gripped by famine, gripped by unrest that don't have that. And that is very important 
when we focus on global events to stay in that position of gratitude so we don't go and blast the person next to us with negativity and anger and lashing out because we saw something in the news that made us feel terrible or saw something on social media that horrified us. Those things are designed to make us feel terrible and horrify us. And Canadians are good people and we have something very special in this country. And if you're listening from around the world, yes, you can be grateful for your country just just because... I'm grateful to the things that we have in Canada. Um, you know, it's a hard time to be a transgender youth or even a gay youth around the world and LGBTQ plus youth. But in Canada, we've got it better than other people. Now, that doesn't mean we go, okay, we ignore the problems, but we center in gratitude so we can build via what's working, work towards what's working. That's how gratitude works. I'm grateful that as impolite and dysfunctional as our government sometimes is, our federal government, they managed to get dental care for lower income people and seniors. Some people may not think it's a big thing. Be in pain because a dental and not have the money to pay for it once in your life, you understand why that's so precious. I've been there. It's awful. I'm glad fewer people are going to be in that position now. I'm very grateful for that. And as we look forward to the coming year and look forward to the things we want, the things we want better, it's very important to look at the things that did work. And sit with that and go, why did this work? Why did this make me feel valid and accepted and understood? Why? What about it worked for me? Because when you then turn to the things that aren't as good, you can draw from those things that did make you feel good, did make you understood, and go, how can I take some of that and and put it into the things that aren't working without laying blame, without, you know, dumping on other people when they don't deserve it, when they don't deserve it is the important thing. This sounds very Pollyanna until you practice it. And and trust me, I am a jerk. <laughs> I tell a lot of people, I'm the biggest jerk you know. And yet... I can still see the good in individuals. I still believe in the good that we can accomplish together, no matter how broken and unfair the system is. You will deplete. You will wear yourself out. You will become emotionally and physically exhausted if you only focus on the bad all the time. You have to step back and take stock. And there's a reason that every major religion in the world has a rest day. And most people talk about self-care. Most of it's facile and not really meaningful, but we talk about it, right? That's the beginning, talking about it. Doing it is a completely different story. 
but in you know the spirit of self-care i am gonna take next week off yay i'm gonna give myself a holiday uh if you want to contact me give me some suggestions for the new year liana at nottherapyshow.com nottherapyshow.com join our mailing list at nottherapyshow.com uh not therapy show on twitter instagram and threads until then last time in 2023 see you in 2024 you're crazy is only a problem if it's hurting you merry christmas and happy new year <laughs>